Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the UBS In The Now podcast channel. Our conversation today will spotlight and examine potential tax increases on the horizon from the Biden administration and what investors can do to prepare. Joining me here on the line for today's conversation, excited to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy, as well as Mike Franchi, a portfolio manager primarily focused on implementing UBS Asset Management's tax management overlay known as personalized tax management. Now, it's clear that the Biden administration wants to at least partially pay for the trillions of dollars in proposed spending on infrastructure and social initiatives through raising taxes for corporations as well as high-income individuals. So, with that in mind, it may be more important than ever for investors to utilize all of the possible tools available to help manage their tax burden. So, today, Shane will help us understand all that's expected to come from a tax legislation point of view. And then Mike will walk us through how to adequately prepare for any outcome. So first off, Shane, Mike, do want to welcome you to the forum. Thank you for spending some time with our clients and listeners and looking forward to the conversation. Thanks, Dan. Always good to be with you. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So I guess as a starting point, Shane, with lots to play out over the next several months, can you begin by providing us with a roadmap of upcoming inflection points? What is the process and what should we all be watching for? Right. So we're at the end of May. We're coming up on Memorial Day. And, um, you know, Congress is still trying to negotiate a bipartisan infrastructure package. Um, we're seeing signs that these conversations are starting to fall apart. And as, um, you know, this bipartisan deal is, you know, pronounced dead, um, they'll, Democrats will start to transition to working on a, a Democrat only infrastructure package, which will include tax increases. Um, so we want to be following infrastructure and seeing how it transitions to a, a Democrat only proposal. Uh, additionally, at the same time, we're expecting the Treasury Department to release what's known as the Green Book. The Green Book used to actually be a an annual affair. Um, it is a set of proposals from Treasury uh, on taxes that, you know, used to be an annual affair, as I mentioned, and would really be an inside-the-beltway uh, event. But given that, you know, we're looking at this uh, um, potential tax bill, this Green Book and its contents will take on a greater meeting. So uh, that will help push uh, House Democrats uh, to start really honing in on these proposals. But, you know, as they hone in on these proposals, they have to answer these simple questions um, like, how much money do they actually want to raise? How much do they intend to spend on this infrastructure package? Now, let's say they decide to spend, you know, $2 trillion on infrastructure. They have to decide, are they going to pay for the whole thing? Um, or are they going to pay for part of it? Or are they going to decide to pay for none of it and do it all as deficit spending? And that will help drive the tax conversation. I think right now we see the most likely scenario that they decide to spend uh, to pay for, you know, part of this infrastructure package. So once they decide how much they want to uh, um, pay for, then they start filling in the, the lines of, okay, here are the things we need to do to raise that revenue. Um, so that will, will kind of uh, help also uh, um, produce this, this you know, pa- package of tax increases that, w- you know, could appear as early as June. Um, but could uh, be delayed depending on how the conversation goes until 
September, October. And, and so this is fluid and, and not only the contents are fluid, but the timing as well. So there, there's a lot to pay attention to in the coming weeks. So there's clearly a lot on the horizon and chain. It sounds like a lot has still yet to be determined. So it's important to know the full scope of potential tax changes. So Shane, what is exactly on the table at this point and what points are likely to be at the core of the proposed changes? Yeah, as I was talking about with, you know, the size, once you set the size, you, you can kind of start um, um, figuring out the universe of, you know, of what you need to do to raise that amount. So like under the scenario, let's say they decide they want to uh, increase revenue or raise $1 trillion in new taxes, then they can start kind of puzzling it to, uh, together. I think when we take a step back and just think about the tax bill in general, I think there are four things to me that are maybe the easiest for Democrats to do where there's, you know, a lot of consensus. You know, the first being increasing the corporate tax rate. Um, it is currently 21 percent today. You know, President Biden has called for 28. I think they land somewhere closer to 25 and that will be uh, the consensus number. Uh, the international taxes will be very important. This is how you tax multinational companies on profits they make overseas. Um, this will probably be a large revenue raiser for, for Democrats. Um, third, I would mention an increase to individual tax rates. Uh, President Biden and Democrats want to raise today's current 37% tax bracket back to 39.6. And I would also flag that they... Uh, are likely to expand this tax bracket and who it applies to. Uh, the fourth thing that I think is very likely is an increase to the capital gains tax rate. Uh, you've heard President Biden talk about increasing it all the way up to ordinary income tax rates, and under this scenario, that would be 39.6. You know, while that's possible, I think the, that's unlikely. I think moderate Democrats will kind of pump the brakes here, and, and we'll see something closer to, like, 28%. Um, on capital gains uh, rates. But, you know, uh, this is fluid. I think Democrats land a look at 28% because that's what Republicans agreed to under President Reagan. So they can say, listen, you know, this is a bipartisan number. It should, everyone should agree to this. Additionally, it, it probably won't apply to everyone. It will probably only apply to higher income earners. So again, you know, there's a lot of fluidity here. But those are the four kind of core elements I would expect in any uh, tax bill that that passes Congress this year. Well, Shane, that was very helpful. So thank you for breaking down those four key elements for us. So at this point, now that we have a better sense of what's on the table and what kinds of outcomes could take shape, maybe a good time to pivot over to what our clients can do to prepare and position accordingly. So Mike, with the backdrop that Shane has shared with us, how do these likely changes impact how you're viewing accounts and making overall tax management decisions? Sure. Thanks, Dan, for that question. Uh, let me first say that the, the insight that's been provided by Shane and his team uh, has been extremely valuable valuable to my team as we look to quickly and accurately adapt to these changes. Um, the ongoing dialogue that we've had between our teams has certainly helped make the personalized tax management strategies even stronger. Um, so, so while all four of the focal points that Shane discussed will certainly have an impact on the economy and how markets respond, uh, there are two that we primarily focus on as we seek to provide tax alpha for clients. The first is the increase to individual tax rates and the capital gains rates. So when we discuss tax management, we're constantly weighing two things, the tax cost and benefit versus tracking error or the deviation from the underlying strategy. And tax rates are a key part of that equation. 
As they increase, they tilt the scales and result in a higher tax cost for realized gains. But they also result in a larger benefit if we're able to realize losses and a larger benefit if we're able to defer gains. So if we see an increase in the income rate and capital gains rates, we would expect that the tax drag for personal, for private clients that are taxable will certainly increase. And therefore, tax management strategies are going to become even more essential to achieving long-term investment returns. The second thing that we're focusing on is the potential for the reduction or even the elimination of the preferential treatment uh, on how long-term gains are taxed if they become taxed more like short-term or income rate. Uh, and this is a very interesting dynamic because it will depend on where the income threshold is set, as Shane mentioned, um, to determine how many of our clients are actually impacted by this type of change. And then once that's determined, then we're going to have to look at how clients are impacted. And it'll certainly reduce the benefit that we add by deferring short-term gains until they go long-term because then now there'll be a smaller spread or maybe even no spread at all. But however, it also means that long-term gains are going to be taxed at a much higher rate. And if you think about it, most sizable gains in a client account tend to be held long-term. And so it becomes even more beneficial to find ways to defer those gains in a risk or a manner. Overall, we would expect that the tax reg will go up for clients that are impacted by this type of change, but a tax managed solution will provide a larger benefit for those clients rather than sticking with the cookie cutter approach that assumes that all gains and all losses are created equal for all clients. What's key to remember is that the changes will impact clients differently based on their income level. And so we encourage financial advisors to input the client's specific long-term and short-term tax rates, which can be put directly into IS toolset, and they can be updated throughout the year. So as things change, we encourage them to do that. This flows directly through our systems and will continue to influence our trading decisions day to day. Well, thank you, Mike, for sharing insights into your team's decision-making process when it comes to tax management. So, Shane, I know a few moments ago you covered for us very thoroughly the most likely scenarios to be addressed in tax legislation. Is there anything else, Shane, that could happen that our clients should be mindful of? Yeah, that's a long laundry list, to, to be honest. But I think maybe... Um, something that I'll focus on right now is, you know, first, let me mention, you know, carried interest, uh, the preferential tax treatment for carried interest could go away. But I think the bigger one to mention right now would be estate taxes. You hear um, kind of two different conversations going on right now. You know, President Biden and his administration has been focusing on the elimination of step up basis. Um, most Democrat member senators and representatives, when you ask them about estate taxes, they focus on uh, lowering the estate tax exemption level and increasing the tax rate. So you have two different kind of ideas to get at the same larger problem uh, or issue, that I should say. You know, they view it as a problem that uh, there's this, this disparity in, in, in um, taxes. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. You have seen some Democrat uh, members uh, of Congress pick up on uh, President Biden's proposal to eliminate step-up basis. But I think as time goes on and those who um, value the step-up basis will will educate senators and representatives about what that actually means. And the default, the fallback position may be to go after estate taxes the more traditional way, which is to lower the exemption level and increase the tax rate. I think this is a fluid conversation because there are a few Democrats who have actually uh, in previous times voted to repeal the estate tax, which is the complete 
opposite a goal of what Democrats are trying to do here. So, you know, we got to see these key Democrats, you know, do they um, really force the issue and and put the brakes on on this issue? So this is a little bit more fluid, but it is something, you know, we and our clients should absolutely be thinking about and paying attention to. Well, thank you, Shane, for highlighting those additional considerations. Important to keep those all in mind. So, uh, Mike, anything you'd like to add from your end in terms of how you're weighing these factors that Shane just shared with us? Sure. Uh, so, yeah, these potential changes, while they're uh, less likely, uh, they do create some interesting dynamics and decision points for clients. Um, they're more likely to have an impact on clients' overall behavior than on our day-to-day management of accounts. Uh, as I touched on before, right, tax management is a constant balancing act of risk cost and tax cost. Uh, and oftentimes that we see clients come in and they're holding concentrated securities or low-cost basis securities, uh, and they're looking for a way to diversify. Uh, and they're generally willing to pay some tax cost in order to reduce the risk as long as the long-term horizon is long enough that they can benefit from the diversification. And that diversification benefit outweighs the upfront tax cost. However, as clients age, the traditional thinking has been, you know what, let's absorb a little bit more of the additional risk in order to avoid that tax hit, right? The idea being that at death, the client's heirs will receive a step up in basis or there'll be a, a state tax exemption. And therefore, the holdings can then be diversified at that point without the tax impact. So if there's a step up in basis is eliminated or state exemptions are reduced so that more clients are impacted by it, then what we may see is that more clients are going to be willing to accelerate the gains pay the taxes now and diversify sooner. Uh, In those types of scenarios, I think we're very well suited to be able to help clients come up with different scenarios that might help them determine where where they're comfortable with that balance between risk and taxes. Uh, You know, we have strategies like our tax-managed index portfolios and our active maps with individual securities, and these are going to be a great landing spot for clients who are looking to accelerate some of those gains but want to diversify in a tax-efficient and intelligent way. Um, and so, as always, it's very important for clients and their FAs to have conversations with tax attorneys and CPAs to determine whether this type of move uh, makes most sense for them in their future plans. Okay, so Mike, I think it's safe to say at this point that the tax landscape is going to change. That much seems clear, which of course has implications and adds complexity when it comes to tax management. So, uh, Mike, maybe a couple of questions to serve as closing points. How can investors, our clients, prepare for these changes? And Mike, how can your team help manage the impact of taxes in a portfolio, in particular in a more complex environment? So when it comes to the investor side of things um, and then preparing for these tax policy changes, uh, I would say that clearly as tax rates increase, um, taxes and, and the impact on investment returns are going to be are going to be even more drastic. Right? It's going to be a bigger bite of your overall return. Um, and as they become more complex, it's going to become more important for clients to use a tax-managed solution for their taxable assets. Um, tax management is something that should be considered all year round, right? not just at tax time or year-end. Uh, it is also something that should be taken from a holistic standpoint and a risk-aware approach. Um, because while ta- the tax bill can certainly hurt, and that's what most people look at, so can focusing on too much on the taxes and missing out on the client's return objectives. So there really needs to be a balance there, um, that, and the client needs to understand that. Um, when it comes to my team, um, our team can help in this environment by being personalized and taking into account client-specific tax rates, their gains and losses outside, and their overall situation. Um, we can also help by being experienced. Our team has over 11 years of 
of experience doing tax managed portfolios now. And we can certainly help clients understand the benefits that come from tax management, as well as some of the pitfalls. Uh, and so helping them understand that is going to help them make a better educated decision. Um, and lastly, is, is our team can help by being adaptable. Um, we're constantly communicating with Shane and his team uh, and looking for possible, what possible changes are going to happen. And as you mentioned before, what's the likelihood that they're going to happen? Uh, and then with this information, we can best adapt our trading systems and inputs, as well as inform the field uh, to try to help keep, um, keep up with any of the changes. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is that the personalized aspect of our tax management platform has always played a key part in things. But as this tax policy becomes more complex, it's going to be even more vital for FAs to take a holistic view for their clients and best inform the tax management decisions. So we look forward to the growing partnership that we have with financial advisor teams um, and, and the dynamic back and forth uh, on coming up with solutions for clients. Well, Mike, thank you very much for your insights. Personalized tax management is clearly a great resource available exclusively to UBS clients and an interesting consideration for high-income investors facing the reality of higher taxes. And Shane, it was great to hear from you as well, as always, on what to expect in the way of tax changes. Very valuable insights. And I do look forward to having you both back on the UBS In The Now podcast for some follow-up conversations as events unfold. As Shane mentioned, this remains a very fluid situation and as we learn more about what the future holds for taxes in the coming weeks and months. So, uh, Shane, Mike, thank you very much for your insights and your time and look forward to having you back on again with us soon. Thank you, Dan. to be with you. Absolutely. And again, today we've been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy, as well as Mike Franchi, a Portfolio Manager with UBS asset management. So for clients of UBS listening in, have you considered if you're ready for higher taxes? If you're interested in learning more about how to manage the impact of taxes in your portfolio, please don't hesitate to contact your UBS financial advisor. The UBS In The Now podcast channel is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. Neither UBS Financial Services, Inc. nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.